Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. So this isn't sustainable, right? <laughs> I don't even mean like the winning, the Red Wings winning. That's that's fun and I, I'm not going to be a buzzkill there, but I mean like the 60 minutes of pure adrenaline injected directly into our eyeballs in every single facet of the game. It's been three games this season, not 25 in case you guys were wondering. Yeah, there has there has been a lot of things that have happened. Last episode, we talked about our favorite moments from the first two games, and neither of them included Bertuzzi's goal of the year or his four-goal performance. And then in the last game, we had the Red Wings' most dominant win since 2008, according to the analytics, literally. And Lucas Raymond did Lucas Raymond things. Mo Sider's unreal. And yeah, we're three games in. We're at the point now where we're talking about... (laughs) the wings what's happening with the young guns what's happening with the first like 180 minutes plus whatever for overtime of the season uh and apparently last episode we were talking about you know players doing well overseas and none of us said the words simon edvinson out loud (laughs) and i believe it i didn't even go back to check i saw some people commented and they're like why don't you say simon edvinson he's and they put the justification i'm like oh hey you don't have to justify to me we know Simon Edvinson's killing it over in Sweden. It's just like <laughs> we uh, we have to scale up on. It's a on, blur. Yeah, we've been covering this team since uh, 2015, and if you haven't been a Red Wings fan since 2015, 2015 was the very tail end of when the Red Wings were making the playoffs. They were essentially running on engine fumes and. At that point, it was an uncomfortable conversation with Red Wings fans, but we were already saying like, hey, we're about to enter a pretty shitty period of rebuilding because things aren't looking so hot. And so we didn't, we haven't had (laughs) as much excitement literally since we started the show. Oh, that's depressing, but exciting. Again, I don't, I don't like giving airtime to the people who are just going to hate for the sake of hating, but for, for those who think that we loved when things were bad because we got to complain such a stupid thing to think because when have we had more fun than this evan Mm, i don't know off the top of my head i don't know you at the start of last episode saying you love violence was the most emphatic i've seen you since we started this show (laughs) (laughs) and we keep getting more of it so keep direct injecting it directly into my veins anyhow uh, the Detroit Red Wings, befuddling us all, are exciting as hell. Um, it's a lot of fun, and we're here to talk to you about it. Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad Crisco. And I'm Evan. Um, on this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast, we are going to be talking about Detroit's uh, single game that's happened <laughs> its last episode. A lot of talking points, though. So. Um, against the Columbus Blue Jackets. As Brad said, the most dominant game game the Red Wings have had in some time. Uh that's going to be a lot of points. We're going to cover some news around the NHL uh, and really just wherever else the conversation takes us. All of that uh, before overtime. Uh, of course, first, I want to talk to you about an organization we are uh, proud to partner with and support, the Jamie Daniels Foundation. The more we talk about substance use disorder, the faster we can end the stigma and get support to those who need it. The Jamie Daniels Foundation is a children's foundation initiative, and it was established in memory of Jamie Daniels by Jamie's father, 
uh, and Red Wings lead announcer Ken Daniels and Jamie's mother, Lisa Daniels-Goldman. They strive to end the stigma of substance use disorder and provide support to those struggling with the disease or who are in recovery. To learn more and offer your support, visit jamiedanielsfoundation.org. If you don't follow them on uh, Twitter and Instagram especially, there's a lot coming up with the uh, celebrity celebrity roast of Brett Hull, um, the live auction coming up there, a lot of really great stuff. Uh, Ken has talked about some of the things that are going to be on there uh, on the show, and he's he's told us as well. So some really cool items up for bid. All right. Uh, the Red Wings reigned over the Columbus Blue Jackets. The final score was 4-1, was it, in the end? Yes. Um, let's talk about the, the most important goal here first, Lucas Raymond. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that Bertuzzi, Larkin, Raymond line is something different. All three of those players, I mean, obviously, this is the first time we've seen Lucas Raymond in a Red Wings jersey, but all three of those players look like, I'm going to be dramatic here, they look like trophy winners. Like, they look like they're they're unstoppable out there. Every time they touch the puck, it's dangerous. doesn't matter who they're matched up against. And that goal, that pass and that goal to Raymond. The play started with Mo Sider in his own zone, passed to Nick Letty. Made the great pass up to the uh, middle of the ice to uh, Dylan Larkin, who carried it up, smartly tossed it over to Lucas Raymond, who fired it in so fast. I don't think there was a camera who caught it. Yeah, people don't appreciate how hard that catching a strong side pass and then immediately opening up to take the shot, let alone with that accuracy and that velocity, how difficult that play is. Because like NHL players make it look routine, but... Even most NHL players are not pinpointing it like that because Raymond didn't have a big window to hit to put that in. It's it's an unreal shot. And we've talked at length about the improvements in his shot over the last couple of years since he was drafted. But as you were describing that goal, I think you accidentally hit the biggest fundamental difference between this year and previous seasons with the Red Wings. Sider to Letty to Larkin to Raymond. Who's the weak link there? There isn't. There isn't. That is four top-end caliber NHL players. And who was the guy on the ice that didn't touch the puck? Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah. Who would have been there to pick up the rebound or whatever? On the second line, you still have that same luxury. Are are Fabry, Suter, and Zadina as good as the top line? No, obviously not. But you don't lose much there. Really, right now on the Red Wings, you're only losing. There's a a steep drop-off with one defensive pairing, and that's about it offensively obviously the bottom six not as gifted but they're again all capable nhlers um but yeah we we should be surprised and we shouldn't be surprised at the same time with the success of that line circling back because when bertuzzi larkin and mantha were clicking like the eye test the analytics everything said that was a top 10 line in the league Mm -hmm. that was like a legit top end first line that could run with almost any first line in the NHL with the exception of a handful. Lucas Raymond should be better than Anthony Mantha. He's pro- he's not yet, but the one thing he is, is he plays with more pace and he's quicker, which in theory should play better off Dylan Larkin. Um, and so far we've seen that he's three points, three games as a brand new NHLer. So it's not inconceivable and it, it's not totally out of left field that they're doing what they're doing. It was just a matter of, hey, can Raymond get up to speed quickly, NHL speed quickly? And the answer is, <laughs> yes. Yes, he can. 
there's a point in there about deployment, and I want to get to it kind of after we cover the game. So, yeah, Raymond ripped home that goal. And, again, whatever he did in his last season or so to improve his shot, I want everyone to go through that training regimen who needs to improve their shot because he scored that goal not like a playmaker shoots the puck. He scored that goal like a goal scorer scores that goal. Like, that thing was ripped home. There's not a goalie in the league who would have stopped that. Um Tyler Bertuzzi's goal thereafter, which this is going to sound like just fawning over Lucas Raymond when, you know, he was a secondary assist and not even the one who scored the goal. Uh, but his saucer pass, like that touch on that saucer pass, that's not an easy pass to make. That was a high sauce to get it over the stick over short distance. And that's incredibly difficult to do as he, he made it look like any old schlop could walk on the ice and do it. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up too, because the thing that separates the elite players from the good players are plays like that because anybody can like that saucer pass he threw. If I'm standing still in that same spot and I I can throw that pass, the thing that makes Raymond special, he did not handle that puck. There was no time for to like settle it down, make sure it's on his blade properly, open up his hips properly and make it. it was just, Oh, here's the puck. There goes the sauce. Bang, bang. Does not give the defense time to react, does not give the back checkers time to catch up, which I think if I remember the play, there was a guy right there. So Raymond didn't even have time if he wanted to corral it to assure himself of making a better pass. The We've seen him make those quick touch passes in the offensive zone as well. It's mm-hmm. just, it's something you can't teach. Just the elite players have that processing power and the skill to be able to execute it. Because, yeah, again, a saucer pass, a basic saucer pass is not hard. Yeah. With touch, under pressure, from whatever angle you're standing at, that is incredibly difficult. And then, of course, Larkin walks up the middle of the ice, uh, pass to the right when he went to Raymond, pass to the left when he went to Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi. A little bit of a, like a knuckle puck, but uh, buried it. Not, I don't know if it went bar down, but, you know, top roof of the net down. Um, there is not a player in the NHL who has more pumped up like i'm willing to run through a wall after watching it celebrations right now than tyler bertuzzi like there's the the one in the spectrum which is jack hughes which is like you celebrate you toss your stick into the stands it was like it was i I thought that was cool as hell i love that from jack hughes and then there's just like the sheer like hulk power like i will punch through this glass and grab your beer and chug it energy of tyler bertuzzi right (laughs) now five goals leads the like five goals through three games leads the Red Wings. So we can only imagine that's sustainable. Does he not? Does he lead the league? If not, who the hell? <laughs> I, he very well may lead the league. Um, I'll be deeply impressed if someone has more goals than him. It is points, goals. Andre Kopitar is tied with him for five, with oh, five. Okay, tied. Um, so Kopitar, Bertuzzi, McDavid, Ovechkin, Stamkos. That's usually like the the. It's the same old. So, something right? here is not like the others. Well, Stammers. Well, Stammers moving down the lineup in Tampa Bay. That's what's different. Yeah, but we no. saw his one timer against Detroit in the opening game. He's fine. And then you have like the side characters going on of uh, Nemesnikov and Ernie. Ernie to Nemesnikov for the first empty net goal. Nemesnikov to Ernie for the second empty net goal. Vlad Nemesnikov is going to set NHL records per, for percentage of career points accumulated on an empty net. <laughs> he uh, 
he didn't want the second empty net gold for that reason. He was like, my stats are going to look terrible for my next contract negotiation. I'd rather just take the primary assist. Yeah, didn't he have like something like 10 goals last year, but two of them were on a goalie or something absurd like that? Ken was talking about it. He was like, this is getting ridiculous. And a lot of them it's were- a very niche skill set. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Peronik's like, hey, that's my job, man. You're taking my, uh, you're taking my market here. Um, yeah, Red Wings 4-1. The, the dominance, and let's be clear. We're not saying the Red Wings are a playoff team and all of a sudden they're going to dominate like this. The Columbus Blue Jackets are very nearly Arizona Coyotes bad. The Columbus Blue Jackets, though, who also got off to a very strong start to the season before that game. Right. Yes. Like I, I don't want to discredit the win. I just want to say don't make too many conclusions. The Red Wings played a fantastic you're, game. You're telling me the Buffalo Sabres and Detroit Red Wings are not going to finish one point apart at the top of this division? Um, They might finish a point apart. No, okay, I think Buffalo is going to finish well. Well, I don't know. hey, they are number one in the NHL f- in expected goals against in the good way. Like they are not allowing chances. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows anything? I I'm given up a long time ago. There nobody can ever say they know anything. It's all bullshit. <laughs> my my favorite argument going on Twitter right now is is the boomer window going. See, Eichel was the problem, and then the analytics community coming in. Wrist align and left too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's talk about the the hit now. So no, no, we gotta we gotta talk about the game before we talk about the hit because the four one score does not do that performance enough. Does not give that performance enough credit. Columbus at no point was in that game. The shots were forty four to twenty two for Detroit. Uh, what was the expected goal differential that um, Prashant was texting us about today? Like. Point like 6.84, something like that. Yeah, I think that was the overall expected goals for Detroit. Yeah, like Columbus was not in that game. They look like they did not belong on the same ice as the Red Wings. And again, I understand you're right. Despite Columbus's good start, they are a basement feeder. Everybody had them circled in pen for the bottom of the Metro division. But uh, Detroit has also been a team that has been a bottom feeder who would have very close, exciting games against other bottom feeders. Mm-hmm. So to see Detroit being the bully for once after beating a team that many think is going to make the playoffs and going to overtime with the defending back-to-back cup champions, this is as promising of a start as we could have expected. Yeah, it's it's exactly what we've hoped for coming out of the rebuild Sorry, coming out of the rebuild, quote unquote, for a long time. People keep asking, well, what do you what do you want? What's success for you? Do you want the playoffs? And it's like, I mean, of course, we're we're dying for the, the day that we can go to the LCA and see a playoff game. But being realistic, what can you actually hope for? Your star players staying healthy, playing well, the kids not only getting the opportunity, but converting on it, and the Red Wings winning games that they should win. And that's, it's worth three games in. In 10 games, we could be, you know, people are going to be clowning. Three and 10. Yeah. Three and seven. It's like the Jags when they won their first game, however long ago. They're like, we're not satisfied with just one. And they've lost like 22 games since then. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Miami. Yeah. The it's weird that the Deshaun Watson trade talks have heated up this week. Crazy. Huh? Weird. Yeah. <laughs> But um, branching off your point, too, and, and this is the most important thing that we can see this season. And obviously, I'm, I'm aware we are massively overreacting to three games. We're a podcast. This is what we do. Bear with me. When you look at the raw stats, so goals and assists, plus minus, whatever you want to look at, three of the best players in the Red Wings this year so far have been Lucas Raymond, 
Mo Sider, Philip Zadina. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, secondary assist, you know, Bankins, Flukes, anybody can get points. I mean, Vladimir Mesenkov's got like five points and they're all on an empty net. Then when you dive into the underlying numbers, the analytics of it, three of the strongest players on the Red Wings in the first three games, Lucas Raymond, Mo Sider, Philip Zadina. That is the most important thing for this season. In terms of how those guys grade out, like, first of all, the top, the, I'm going to spoiler here. Guess who the, the Red Wings' three best players are by game score right now? Per hockey stack. Like by Dom's model or something similar? Yeah, yeah, pulls from Dom's model. I would go Larkin, Bertuzzi, Raymond. Yeah, in that exact order. That line is absolutely dominating. It's early. Gustav Lindstrom grades out extremely well. And it matches what we see. He's quiet. It's it's what it's what we've been talking about with Gustav Lindstrom to say he's not going to come in. This isn't Kale McCarr, quite obviously, but if he finds a spot on this team and holds it, it's because he's quietly effective. And Gustav Lindstrom, through three games, it's very early, has been quietly effective. He gives me my only concern about Lindstrom so far, so far this season is he gives me mild Brendan Smith vibes, where every game he makes one incredible pass, and I'm like, wow, where did that come from? And he does one thing that's incredibly stupid, and I'm like, why would you even attempt that? I am every game. <laughs> I am perfectly fine with a very young sixth defenseman oh, yeah. doing it. Like yeah, that, that's fine. You want to live in that five six role, and all of a sudden we have someone in the five six role who's doing one incredible thing a game. All for it. That is a big win. Moritz Sider. We didn't even talk about it. He, Moritz Sider, who got absolutely walked by Patrick Line in the preseason, had Line bearing down on him again. Poised to do the same move. What did he do? Very smart gap control. Perfect poke check. Play got shut down. You would have missed it. That's how good it was. And that's what you want from a defenseman, and especially from Mo Sider. Everyone loves the big hits. Everyone loves when a defenseman comes up into a rush or has a huge clapper from the point or does whatever. But Mo Sider shut down the play with a simple poke check. Patrick Line, one of the most dangerous scorers that Columbus had, no longer a factor on that play. Mo Sider had, it was a Sean Corrali bearing down, uh, gave him his back, thought he might cut in or do whatever it was to get around Mo Sider. What did he do? Didn't, didn't reach around for the puck, wasn't juked by the move, shut the dude down, hit him. He let him back into him and absolutely dominated him physically with a, with a massive, it didn't look like a massive hit, but that, that was a back adjustment. Like his, that, that, that force traveled through his spine. Mo Sider, more and more every game has been looking very comfortable, especially uh, in the defensive part of the game. The kids are all right. The stars are all right. Robbie Fabry is doing well. Adam Ernie, I feel like is doing very well in his, his uh, third line role. There are a few players in this team who I'm actually concerned about right now. I have a few, not many. And I think by a few, I probably mean literally three. I want I want a better partner for Hronik. I am... If Danny DeKaiser is all we have to speak for in, in this realm that we've, you know, in the past, it's been Nielsen, it's been Abdelkader, it's been whatever. Like, we, everyone knew what Danny DeKaiser would be coming into the season. That is what it is. And then, you know, whoever the Rowney is for that game. Giovanni Smith can play like twice as poorly or like have a very poor game. But if he comes in and just backs someone up physically, I actually don't care. Um, But that's a very small list compared to what we've had in the past. Like, yes, three games, but everyone's clicking right now. Staying healthy, understand and not getting too down when the losses come because they they will come of course you know the red wings are going to play some pretty good teams and they're going to lose games that you know where they play well and still get shut down but 
it's looking good. Also, you know, we haven't even said anything about Nick Letty. We haven't said anything about uh, Grace. Yeah. Oh, my God. Grace has been fantastic through and through. Nemesnikov's looked good. Like, there's there have been no glaring red flags. Very few. Very few. Not none. There's, Not none. There have been. That DeKaiser heronic pairing is giving me very big concerns. <laughs> but it's canceled out by the fact that Sider Letty is in uh, upper level defensive pairing and Stahl and Lindstrom have looked more than capable. It's it's that one pairing. <laughs> Man, cheering for Mark Stahl every time he's in the zone, like it's funny, but at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> dude tries stuff and it sometimes comes through. I have the most fun every game cheering for, of course, like Raymond and, and Sider, but like the Mark Stahl irony hype train has slowly lost its irony and now it's just a hype train i'm like i don't mind it i think the red wings need a left side defenseman they need another letty i think for next season the red wings need more good players hot takes on the winged wheel podcast yeah but uh no it's i've had fun with it oh yeah mark literally bobby (laughs) orstall it's like the art of war if he doesn't know what he's doing neither can his opponent that's absolutely right (laughs) it's like playing chess against a child yeah um okay i saw some crazy stat where it was it was like detroit was the betting favorite for the first time in a hundred and like seven games or something <laughs> that almost doesn't make sense but after the pain of last year yeah that makes a lot of sense i saw that on the screen i was like i wouldn't even bet like i would feel insulted as a red wings fan having to live through that rebuild and all of a sudden you're getting lesser odds on the red wings like that you almost feel like you're getting ripped off so Raymond um, or Larkin was hot in his return. Bertuzzi stays hot. Raymond took a hit from behind from uh, Jack Rosovic. It was a play where Raymond was positioned alongside the boards. His back turned to Rosovic the whole time. Um, there was no last minute switch. He was looking to receive a pass. Usually in that situation, the the, the player looking to you know make a move on uh, Raymond there would either pin him. Or, you know, go for the puck and start a puck battle or hit him from the shoulder. Uh, Saw his numbers all the way through. Ran him into the boards. Raymond's face hit the boards. He had to go in to get checked for concussion. Thankfully, after the game, it looked like he was okay. He said he was okay. Um, Missed the rest of the game, though, which sucked. There's less than 10 minutes left. So that was likely precautionary more than anything. Uh, And the good news is, of course, Rosovic did receive the penalty. Oh, actually, no. Not at all. No penalties on the play. Uh, uh, there was a penalty. There, you're right. Yeah, yeah. There was a penalty. He he went down the ice, uh, Larkin and Bertuzzi, because every night is fight night at the Joe now. Uh, <laughs> Larkin and Bertuzzi went after Rosovic. He didn't engage at all because, of course, he's not going to, you know, answer the bell. I can't believe I'm talking like this. You sound like me. I do sound <laughs> like you. Um, We're, we have re-entered the boomer window. Is that what, Evan, that's what you call it, right? It's a boomer window. Yeah. Yeah. And Bertuzzi ends up with the extra minor Columbus scored on the power play soon thereafter, making it a two-one game. At Sorry, the time. this was the Tampa game, Tampa Bay game, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, you, you, you wouldn't know any better. Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay scored two power play goals in the resulting man advantage from the Larkin five-minute major, which we're not saying he didn't deserve, but still, um, no call on Rosovic. Did Rosovic deserve five? No. Does Rosovic deserve a suspension? No. Did he? Was that the easiest two-minute boarding call in human history? I just don't. What's this? What's the threshold here? Am I? Are we taking? There crazy is no pills? threshold. It's not a penalty. I don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> We're cutting down on cross-checking. Okay, great. So like boarding too. Hey, hey, whoa, geez, don't get crazy now. No, we're cutting down on cross-checking unless you cross-check someone into the boards from behind. The board cancels it out. 
Just kidding. They haven't actually cracked down on cross-checking. That's That was a big old talking point of nothing. Um, we I've ranted enough about this in the first couple episodes of the season. Everybody knows where I stand. It's just mystifying that I wish I could be as bad at my job as these refs just to have that kind of job security. Referees, you know? weathermen. Who else? Like I got, I got to show up to work every day and try real hard and put a lot of thought and effort into my work. And some days a lot of sweat and blood and tears. And tomorrow the company could fold and I could be gone. But if I'm an NHL referee, I can show up, pretend I don't see anything, and collect a nice paycheck at the end of the day. It's life's not fair, kids. Always remember that. I don't think Short Kings Limited is going to fold anytime soon, Brad. You should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's because of my hard work. Um. <laughs> You know, it's funny that you say that about weathermen, Evan. Like, I have a science degree. I know everything that goes – like, not everything, but I know how hard that job is. Like, meteorologists have it really oh, yeah, tough. you can just show up off the street. Yeah. It's incredibly tough. I know how unpredictable it is. The locusts last year made it hard to predict to the weather. Like, I know all this, and I still get irrationally pissed off when the weather is wrong. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing out there? Get off the screen. Is there an analog here to uh, our conversation about refing? I don't think so. No, probably not. Probably not. No, but seriously, like – I'm not even going to say anymore we don't like to complain about the refing because this has been too many times and, and we have to, to take the hits where we get them but, or where, where we deserve them. But in all honesty, two minutes between the hit to Larkin, the hit to Rasmussen, um, let's not forget OEL on Letty, and now the hit to Lucas Raymond, two minutes issued for all four hits combined. Combined. So will Ryan Reeves play on the third or fourth line? He can slot up on the second line, actually, okay. if that's part of his deal. If he'll take a lower AAV, we'll give him second second unit power play time. The the other frustrating part about this is how many times, because everybody's on Twitter about like, oh, we need to go get an enforcer. No, we don't. One, we have Witkowski if you really want to go that route. And two, how many times has Giovanni Smith tried and they won't let him? <laughs> I've actually I've actually turned into I've turned into who Evan memes about, but like, okay, you don't get a penalty and you're not even going to answer the bell. I I will never, I don't care how. That is definitely one of the softest things of all time. Oh God. It is the pinnacle of soft. Like you talk about the code in hockey. The code in hockey doesn't exist the way people talk about it. The code in hockey though is if you make a play and it's borderline gray area, whether or not incidental and it wasn't like a clean hit, you answer the bell. Well, the refs just call it. There's no, no, this, none of this has to happen. That's this true. whole conversation is a waste of time. The unwritten- but instead, we see uh, Bertuzzi skating 45 feet across the ice, about to blindside Jack Grosselvick. Like, it's, it's bizarre. I, I mean, I love that. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love that. I love everything about that. <laughs> I'm not complaining about that because I love I love it all. I'm not gonna look uh, at there, there's a Bertuzzi no. skating across the ice, chasing someone down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Things are about to get dicey. But- like it's just like if they just call the initial penalty, even if they're not sure, like it just stops all the BS after and like. I just don't get it. Well, I, I just don't get it. <laughs> a couple things. One, now that you've got that visual in my head, I, w- I hope there's a back camera angle of Bertuzzi skating 200 feet down the ice at Roslovic and pointing at a ref just going, 
you did this. <laughs> you did what's about to happen. Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi and Larkin have very specific stances. Like Larkin's a little bit more traditional hockey player, like gloves off and like just looking for who to grab. Bertuzzi is like wide stance, gloves off, hands like claws, looking for someone to kill. I'm Larkin like, <laughs> didn't hesitate though. No, like, no. When Bertuzzi jumped Roslovic, like Larkin was basically man two point two point five in. Like mm-hmm. he was looking for a partner right away too. It's just, it's just, all just such garbage. Like <laughs> it is. If number one, like you said, this shouldn't happen if the refs did their damn job. But then we have to get into this whole stupid conversation about the code, and the refs are even preventing that because the way a hockey code goes, you do something stupid, you have to answer for it. whether or not you think it's stupid. I mean, we dump on the guy. All the time, but Corey Perry answered the bell for a very obvious accidental knee to John Tavares' head in the playoffs. And I don't even think he should have had to. He shouldn't have had to, but he did because he knows. Because he's like, yeah, they're emotional. They're rattled. Their captain just got stretched off the edge and it was my fault. Fine. Just get it over with. So if Roslovic is going to take the coward's way out just to kind of go on the extreme end of it, the code in hockey is, okay, well, our enforcer's coming out the next shift and grabbing one of your guys, which Giovanni Smith has attempted to do multiple times, and the refs don't let him. So then the problem isn't solved. It simmers, and it gets worse, and players get pissed off and pissed off. The one saving grace of – from an entertainment value, it sucks, but the one saving grace from turning this game into a gong show was that hit happened with less than 10 minutes left. Yeah. The Red Wings could. Or they're not playing like a home and home or they're playing the same team back to back. Yeah. Or it's a playoff game, for example. Like yeah. That's when it like, then it starts percolating in the media and sound yeah. bits. And then it just, it's nuclear at that point. Meatheads yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. Because if Roslovic throws that hit in the first period or when the score is 5-1 and the refs play it out exactly like they did. Oh, it's going to be the Tampa game all over again. Yeah. It's going to be an absolute gong show. And again, entertainment value, great. Player safety, not so much. The more guys get punched in the face, eventually something bad's going to happen. And it's stupid and it's ridiculous. But this is the way hockey works. And everybody knows that. I don't care if you agree with the code or disagree with the code. It doesn't matter. This is how NHL players think. So if the refs don't do their job, this is the result. Well, the one thing that's going to happen is if they can't, you know, answer the bell or they settle it some other way, like it's going to end up like someone's going to get take a run at somebody Mm -hmm. and it's going to be really ugly and really bad. And it's like it all comes back to just making that initial call. Like if they're not going to let Giovanni Smith's fight, I'm just going to run over Corpusalo. Yeah, like it's going to turn into like eventually the wires will cross with somebody and something very bad will happen that nobody wanted at the start and they could have just extinguished it right at the beginning. Remember when John Scott took tried to throw down with Phil Kessel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phil was the kid Tom playing Hawk ping pong. Phil. His, have you guys seen yeah. the, the video of the kid who throws a ping pong paddle at his brother? Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> was little brother screaming. But in all seriousness, think back to the, the, the Tom Wilson Panarin incident. What were Rangers fans, in my opinion, very rightly mad about, but I, I get that that's divided, but still. They were mad that Tom Wilson was able to come back and play in that game. Red Wings fans are mad that Rosovic was able to play on the power play. <laughs> he didn't. He, nothing happened. It like Evan is exactly right. The Red Wings 
are looking for the bare minimum here. And Brad's exactly right. As much as we laugh and joke and, you know, in a very primal way, enjoy watching Larkin and Bertuzzi stand up for their young 19-year-old star winger, it's can't, this can't happen all the time. People are going to get hurt. Someone's going to do something stupid. We're going to end up missing out on more time of Larkin, more time of Bertuzzi, more time on, of Raymond or Sider or something. It's it's dumb as hell. This can't be the way hockey exists all the time. Things are going to boil over, and that's great. And then you get Evan perked up, and he's pumped up about it. But it's not sustainable over 82 games for player safety. It's not sustainable for 82 games and for fairness of the game. Holy shit. Can we get a penalty here? Like, Well, because and, – and that's relevant too because we haven't even talked about that. Andre Palat boarded Michael Rasmussen, should have been a major. It wasn't. Tampa comes back right after Palat scores the OT winner. Uh, Roslovic throws the hit in a 2-0 game. Red Wings retaliate, get a penalty. Columbus makes it a one-goal game. Hey, guys, power play. guess how many power plays each team had last night? Two. It was four and four. Oh, the game Is that a shocker? To anyone because fantastic game management what how would that have happened like the red wings would have had maybe five power plays and columbus would have had three or would have just stayed four three well we can't have that right no. what a coincidence that's crazy that's crazy that they uh, it always works out that same way same number of penalties <laughs> despite one team getting absolutely caved all night for Yep, they they definitely weren't chasing Detroit around more and thus committing more infractions. Absolutely not. Not a thing. Red Wings have done a fairly good job of handling all of it so far. Like the players are sticking up for one another and Mm -hmm. I haven't heard really anything too crazy in sound bites. So, you know, in terms of, you know... Except for Zadina. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nothing too crazy. Like, I figured Blashill at some point was just about to blow up in the media and and take a fine and, like, Chris Illich write that very measly check. Did you not see my tweet? I said I'd start the GoFundMe if Jeff Blashill sounded off on the refs. (laughs) You know I didn't. I know you didn't. I literally said I will start a, like, and I actually was going to do it more so for the laughs than anything else. I would download the Twitter app. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Forgot my password. (laughs) Like, it would have been for the memes more than anything else, but I absolutely would have started to go fund me for Blash if he just went nuclear on the refs. And I'm I'm sure he does during the game. I'm sure the players do, too. They're probably saying, you know, this BS wouldn't happen if you just called the first penalty. And, like, I, I know I'm just impressed the Red Wings have handled it as well as they have because... Let's say, for example, their coach is John Tortorella. Well, the checkbook would be written, uh, would be out a couple times already this year. So he's over the glass if it's torts. He's on. <laughs> he's on the ice with Bertuzzi and yeah. Larkin. One last point about this: a couple people made some, you know, very salient points of, "Hey, the Red Wings did this in a two nothing game, and yes, it's easy to get caught up in the emotion, but they took a retaliation penalty in a two nothing game." I think those people are objectively right. If you're looking to win games, you you do have to be a bit more measured than that. And if we were at like game 80 and the Red Wings are fighting for a playoff spot, I would advocate for that. But as of right now, my and this is an opinion. It's it's subjective. Feel free to disagree and I won't even call you wrong. But my opinion is Lucas Raymond is your star winger. He's 19 years old. Um someone takes a run on him that goes completely unpunished by the referee. It is important to the team, the culture, that rookie, and the fans that you send the message after. And Money well spent. Yeah. It, it's it's the same justification for the Larkin punch. Is it asinine? 
and some planet of the of the apes bullshit and it's like ryan this doesn't win you hockey games if you're getting caught up in the emotion 100 percent. you're totally I'd rather right lose games right now as uh, with this red wings team than lose them later down the road or lose players later down the road because yeah they remembered they got cheap shotted and none, none of their teammates did anything about it yeah and you know what it's a two-minute minor I, I think the other I think the other teams are genuinely safe for Larkin just clocking <laughs> Matthew Joseph, which they they actually they texted and they put it behind them, which was cool. Not fun for the memes, but cool of them to see and, and you like to see that respect. But still, aside from that, I think the other teams are have gotten off easy. They've gotten off easy. So the league has to look at this. I don't know what it is, a conversation with the refs. You, you can show a clip of all four hits that I talked about and you say, hey, Minor penalty each one, at least plain and simple. Start calling it or your game's going to get out of hand. It, it's it's that simple. Otherwise, yeah, I want the Red Wings to take the extra penalty or the risk of the extra penalty every time because Lucas Raymond cannot end up sprawled on the ice with no recourse. Strong investment for the yeah. future. I yeah. would I would just love to see Eisenman toy with the NHL on that one, sending an email. Hey, like you said, these four incidents, one minor penalty combined – can we please do something about this? And if the NHL kind of blows him off next day on the newswire, Luke Witkowski recalled from the Grand Rapids Griffins and Bettman going, oh, no. Luke Witkowski doesn't step on the ice all, all game, just stands in the tunnel, staring at the players skating by, just as a threat. <laughs> Shit gets out of hand. Eisman walks down, taps him on the shoulder, and he just starts. It's like, <laughs> no, he doesn't even stand in the tunnel. The benches are next to each other. He just brings his stool out and sits on it, facing the other team's bench <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Uh, anyways um like we said that was one game and there's a lot to talk about uh, i'm gonna bring up a much easier conversation here giving jeff blashell the credit he deserves absolutely and i'm i'll kick us off we've said a lot of times in this podcast and it's been, jeff blashell has been a complicated conversation i mean it's easy to get carried away with the memes and the jokes and the emotion which we've done all three um when he signed his extension, we were talking earlier this year, and I said, I think this is a good opportunity to have a reset. Part of it is accepting that the coaching situation is not going to change for a little while yet, at least, if at all. Uh, and two, there is a different personnel coming in. Jeff Blashill will now be free of the the um, anchors on the team. The rot, as we refer to it pretty meanly in the past. There's no more, you know, below replacement level players for the most part. Jeff Blashill has played Lucas Raymond with his two other best forwards consistently, given him the ice time and the space to succeed. He has played Moritz Sider with Nick Letty, which is an easy pair, but still, and given him, Moritz Sider has the second highest ice time on the Red Wings right now behind Phil Peronik. Given him every opportunity, and hey, Moritz Sider, it's harder to shine as a defenseman, and it's not as apparent, and we've seen Red Wings coaching and Red Wings management send down guys or, or minimize guys' minutes for less. Moritz Sider has been given every opportunity to grow through three games. Again, I know, three games. Uh, they've been patient with him. They've seen him get more comfortable. He's getting better every game. Um, I think the deployment of players on the ice has been really, really good. I think the way he's using that second line, which isn't getting enough credit even from us, Fabry, Zadina, and Suter, like they do look very good. Um, I'm a big fan of what Jeff Blashill is doing to start the year. And as someone who's been easy to criticize him in the past, I, I he deserves all the credit from us right now. 
We're three games in. The blender hasn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. That's a big win. All the lines have stayed intact, save for Larkin's suspension, and all the defensive pairings have stayed intact. Um, obviously, we would like that to not happen with the Heronic to Kaiser thing, but hey, you know, you can't get one without the other. So this is the alternative we were hoping for, and we got it. Um, they are playing a more up-tempo game. This isn't just the sit back and wait. He hasn't been completely guilt-free in the Vancouver and Tampa games. Third period leads. He kind of went back to the old, you know, collapse into a shell, prevent defense. But, hey, we can't expect perfection. So, I'm fine with it. Like you said, the young guys have been playing. He's been leaning on his stars. They've been playing a more offensively inclined game. The special teams are good. Obviously, I think a lot of that has to do with Alex Tangay, but still, yep. Blashill has to let him do it, and he has to sign off on the systems. Um, Blashill does get final say, so I was joking. I'm like, yeah, I'll give Blashill credit when he basically changes everything he fundamentally does as a coach, and we're like 75% of the way there. So, <laughs> Yeah, if you're, if you're talking about one complaint, which is like third period, like systems change, and you don't agree with how you're protecting the lead, like that is... That's like a normal amount of complaints to have about. Yeah. Like people who love their coach will do that. Every good coach has that one thing that they never change and it will drive you nuts. And that's and like, that's more oftentimes it's a different of a difference of opinion. Like no one's sitting on this podcast and going, I know better. I am right. He is wrong. Like that's not yeah. what this is. So yeah, I, I, you don't get the success of Raymond and Cider and the rest of the team without Blasio doing what he's doing. Yeah, like when you look at the total times on ice over the the games the Red Wings have played so far, it makes when you look at it, it makes sense to how the Red Wings results have gone. Like they rode their best players, and then when they had the leads, Blashell put out his uh, put out his uh, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> the grinders, whatever. Um, so really, no complaints there. The only like concern I have really for the Red Wings coming up is when they start playing teams that have two like top tier lines like their top yeah, six like is star studded which they gave up a lot of goals they gave to. Up a lot, but they scored a lot of goals scored quite a true <laughs> that is true but I, I i'm worried about you know we got on the 29th and 30th they've got florida and the leafs back to back um that i'm very worried about the heronic de kaiser pairing in, <laughs> in particular because if they don't improve in the next three games up to that, that's going to be a very weak spot and teams are going to hone in on that very quickly. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm still of the mindset that if we're sitting here at game 15 and the Red Wings are over 500, I'll, I'll still be shocked, but Hey, they given themselves a head start towards it. So yeah. So and they've so got good. like relatively, well, they play teams that are not very good right now. They've got Calgary, who's on the ropes a little bit. Montreal, who's in f- complete free fall. And <laughs> you the, hate uh, to see it. The, the 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 NBC darlings, the Chicago Blackhawks, are also in free fall. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of happens over the next three games. Well, that is a, funny you bring that up because generally in the past few years, the Red Wings were the cure for what ails you. So when Montreal and Chicago would – would come in in a free fall. If this were last year, that was an automatic W in Detroit. So hopefully Detroit's got that mentality of, you know, you got a wounded animal coming into your barn, put your foot on their neck and finish the job. Right. So I'm curious to see if that, that will change this year, because if they get beat by Florida, they get beat by Toronto. I 
not concerned. I don't care. As Especially long as, with Toronto being on the, yeah. the second game of the night or two nights. Yeah. If As long as they look reasonably competitive in those games, I'm happy. If Montreal walks into Detroit with an 0-5-0 record and walks away with a 4-1 win, okay, now I'm mad because that shouldn't happen. Right? Those are the ones that I circle on schedule and go, this is the one I'm concerned about. Don't screw this up. If you walk into Florida and you don't get a good matchup because it's a road game and you get pumped 5-1 – Shit happens, yeah. It, you're going to get a couple of those a year. Florida's going to do that to a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah, if you walk into Montreal or Chicago with the way they're playing right now and walk away with a 4-1, 5-1 loss, okay, that's – red flags are back up. We're at the point now where I'm not going to be concerned about one-offs. I'm going to be looking for trends. Like if – let's say Blaschel's doing the things that we said we're really happy he's doing. He, he That's what he gets credit for. And the Red Wings lose a game. Um they're going to lose there's they they are going to lose games like their their schedule as Evan reference is going to get tougher at the end of the month here um but Blashill's still doing those things that are really positive and, and good for you know the the incremental success the the smaller stories outside of the two points from the win i'm not going to be pissed if those losses turn into turn into trends then yeah i, I agree Brad I, I think you look at those games and you say okay what's going wrong here but right now i don't think we should let the excitement of a 3 these three games to start the season was it five of a possible six points let's not extrapolate too much from the standings people keep asking have your expectations changed are you looking at playoffs do you think the red wings move the rebuild up and it's like look we're not going to begrudge anyone who who has the optimism because i think it's fun and nice and and been through a lot of pain yeah it's (laughs) it's okay to treat yourself but us i mean i'm speaking pretty confidently for you two as well we're not absolutely confident detroit's going to catch buffalo for first in the division (laughs) god um we're not the the expectations aren't changing we're not moving the goalposts here one way or another just enjoy the ride i mean if we're in this position come thanksgiving then yeah let's start to talk about some some things and that's perfectly possible but for now enjoy it for what it is enjoy the small successes as well and don't get too down if the losses come Yes. Been a while since we've done around the NHL. Let's talk about around the NHL. Evander Kane. Oh, God. Who Man, Think of how many games he's going to have to throw for all that lost salary. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Man is millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars in debt and throws away, what is it, 1.7 in salary for a 21-game suspension for submitting a alleged i don't i don't think the nhl or the pa confirmed this but it's all but known that he submitted a fake proof of vaccination card which i'm pretty sure stacks up as a pretty serious crime but hey i I think there's a little bit of a deal struck here between him and the nhl because they don't want to see things are already bad for him and they're like you're gonna do it we don't need to help this along accept your suspension and we won't submit our evidence to the feds (laughs) (laughs) 21 games Look, again, for uh, those who are going to want to comment on us commenting on it, this isn't even a commentary on the vaccine. It's man is a very talented hockey player who's done a lot of stupid shit, who owes a lot of money and now got himself in just the dumbest way suspended. Just the not, absolute dumbest you're way. You're not going to print off a fake driver's license and go around driving expecting to get away with it. You're not going to submit a fake vaccine card and... Think you're going to get away with it forever. It's just... It's that big loving on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it actually said Andreas Lilia. <laughs> you just... 
You can't fix stupid. That's my only explanation for this. Like, you just can't fix stupid. It's the same guy over and over and over and over again. The team needs to hire him, like, an assistant who just, like, is, like, the bumpers. Like, just keeps him on the frickin' straight and narrow. Remember Micah's idea that a team should pay him a million dollars a year to stand behind their gym and just five times a year say don't do that and he'd yeah. be worth every dollar evander Kane, evander kane needs micah <laughs> just he needs to stand behind him and five times a year just say don't do that yeah i don't think that's enough no <laughs> he already has those people <laughs> yeah uh every time all of his suspension uh accrued money loss will go to micah in that situation yeah geez. well don't those go to like um uh like player recovery fund yeah or like yeah, yeah. Pen- their retirement benefits or something well okay fine evander kane can pay micah in money phones <laughs> the spa budget it's gonna be way up this month <laughs> i can't believe i ever defended money phone i can't dustin bufflin was right in the end which i mean we should have all known <laughs> but oh my god hey i would have loved money phone as long as it wasn't in the context of you're in the middle of a lockout like that was my only problem with it. Like, hey, man, read the room. Every hockey fan who's making $12 an hour is watching millionaires fight billionaires, and we just want to watch hockey. We're all irritated. Don't be talking on your money phone right now. Um, other news around the NHL. The Atlantic Division, as everyone predicted, Montreal is 0-4, our favorite uh, meme continues. And, of course, the Buffalo Sabres are 3-0-0 to be tied for Florida for division lead to start the season. Plus a goal differential, the best uh, expected goals against in terms of their strength of defense to start the season. Buffalo, not a fluke. That's my favorite part about these stats is sometimes, you know, it's like the Red Wings game against Vancouver. The Red Wings won the game, but they mostly got caved uh, for a lot of the game. Grice was just unreal and Detroit was opportunistic on special teams. So you can have games like that. Montreal could be 0-5-0, but they could have outplayed their opponents two or three of the games and got goalied. And, you know, it happens. It makes the record look worse than it is. When you look under the hood at the analytics between the Sabres and the Canadians, they're exactly where they should be. Yep. They, they, they are actually playing that way. Montreal has legitimately been terrible and Buffalo has legitimately been good. It It is the weirdest timeline. I guess we shouldn't be this surprised with Montreal. They lost Weber, Price, Deno. And caught Kanyemi, and all they really got to replace him was Dvorak and some spare parts. Like, that was a lot of key pieces they lost. And, yeah, sure, they still have Nick Suzuki, who's now been, because of the loss of Deno, thrust into a much bigger role than he was used to. And you look at his analytics this year, and he's been terrible. Um, Yeah, it's uh, not entirely surprising. Maybe surprising that it's this bad. But, uh, I mean, couldn't have happened to a more deserving organization. The <sighs> same with Chicago. Just, yeah, you hate to see the quality people in those organizations suffer the way they couldn't, are right now. Couldn't happen to a nicer team. Yeah. The way things are going to normalize after three games, or, you know, or three games in, of course, things are going to normalize a little bit in terms of strength of team. It's going to start to translate into the standings. Doesn't help when Boston's only played one game as well, and other teams in the division have played four. <laughs> Seattle's played five. Seattle's played enough games that we can declare them not as good as Vegas. <laughs> Which is. But um, I'm very curious to see what surprises stick. That's always one of my favorite parts of the season. Like every, every year, someone or teams or everyone like the, the the common consensus analysts talking heads podcast idiots everyone uh, are wrong about a handful of teams 
for better or for worse. And I love seeing how that shakes out and who's actually hashtag actually good. The answer has been the Islanders for a lot of seasons and everyone's predicting them to now win the Metro. So uh, of course they are dead last at the moment. <laughs> um, three games, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing how the landscape changes. We beat it to, we beat that narrative to death in the off season. Yeah. Here's our predictions, but there's always that team. There's there's never not that one team, if not multiple, that just comes out of nowhere, that free falls or that, you know, skyrockets. And maybe we get both this year. Who knows? There's always that team. And so far, we got a lot of good candidates for it. Breaking news for you guys just came up, came up on my watch. Uh, I just hit my stand goal for the day. Well, it's a good thing you're standing right now. Yes, I am absolutely standing right now. Good job. Did you like just input in there that you're three foot two or? Yeah. I said so it just reads, oh, my watch is this high off. The <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You got you to gotta watch your mother. I'm going to bite you in the kneecaps. <laughs> I didn't know you were a Lions fan. <laughs> oh, hey, you want to know what pissed me off? It has nothing to do with hockey, but I haven't told anyone hey, this it's day. it's your podcast. So you can do whatever you want. <laughs> It's your podcast, actually, Evan. Oh, I'll, I'll allow. Hold on, is Randy listening? <laughs> the uh, oh no, Terry, 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 Terry. yeah, it's Terry, listening. I knew who you were referring to. Yeah, um, you know, at gas pumps, how they have that little like uh, piece where you can just set it and forget it, and like you know, not have to hold the the lever down the whole time. Yep. Uh, Costco's phasing those out. I know. I did see that. I asked the guy and. I was like, are you guys getting rid of these intentionally or is this? He's like, no, no, we're phasing them out. And we just kind of looked at each other for a while. And I was like, I know this isn't your fault, but I'm really angry. (laughs) I'm not going to treat you like it is your fault, but I'm not thrilled about this. Do you have the grip strength of a toddler? I have the patience of a toddler. I can't even afford to put that much gas in anymore. Oh, my God. Throttle it a little bit. Give me about give me about tree fitty on this. (laughs) spit in the gas tank at that point anyhow uh let's not let me get too far off track let's jump into overtime here um overtime on this midweek episode yeah it's wednesday look at that uh the winged wheel podcast is brought to you by our patreon supporters uh they're they are fantastic people they if they were on this show they would be the second coolest person in the room at all times um unfortunately nobody can dethrone evan but brad and i are low-hanging fruit Somewhat literally. Um, we are going to start off with Mike Hernelstein, who says starting the game with Giovanni Smith was pretty cool. Really set the tone. Love seeing this team st- stand up for themselves. Uh, wholeheartedly agree. Cody Stark says, first of all, Darren Helm scored last night. So for you, Darren Helm stands there's something. Yeah, so did Riley Shahan and Anthony Mantha. And there was one more I'm forgetting. <laughs> Nick Jensen. Yeah. Uh, secondly, I'm loving the Wings play right now. And then finally, I've been the goalie coach for my hometown youth program for five years. Uh, I grew up playing goalie there. I never had a coach or much direction. I had to do summer camps to get it. I started this program from scratch and I've raised over $15,000 to purchase new equipment for the younger kids. We also use this budget to reimburse older goalies for purchased equipment and for attending goalie camps in the summer. They get one-on-one coaching from me all season long in their respective practices. Oftentimes, goalies receive the short end of the stick during a season. If anyone out there is coaching and wants some info on our program, DM me on Twitter at Starco. 29 s-t-a-r-k-o 29 we used to have a problem with not having enough goalies now we have a good problem with having too many who want to play cheers cody that is a fantastic initiative hope you and mom and baby are all doing well 
That is too many goalies in one room for me, you bunch of weirdos. Uh, next comment is from Stick It Insider. Uh, just looking to buy a cider jersey. There's no question in there. They were literally just asking a question about um, like how to buy it from the NHL shop because they didn't have it loaded yet. Okay. But I just wanted to read the name. <laughs> Andy uh, Van Is it the Ge- same one for us last week? Nah, I think that- that's a different one. Okay, because that... That was quality. Andy Van Dierondunk says, uh, hey, guys, love the pod. I've been listening since the cider draft. I was at the Wings game last night, and I'm happy I was there for Raymond's first goal. That's all. Keep up the hard work. Winged Wheel 69 says, when Verona comes back, where will he be in the lineup? And should we take a look at Vitaly Kraftsoff? Um, Kraftsoff, sure. But from what I'm reading, the Rangers asking price is entirely too high. And where will Verona fit? I imagine that one of Suter or Fabry gets bumped down because they're not breaking up that top line right now. Um, Kravtsov is fun if you can have him on the cheap, but probably not going to happen. Although Chris Drew is kind of a weird GM so far. Um, Hey, I understand he's not going to be what we thought he was in the past, but if we're going to be getting guys on the cheap who are on the outs who have talent, I want one Eric Brandstrom, please. For the Red Wings left yes. side. Shoot, yeah, shoots left. Very yes. key. Uh, Nick Geyer says, Red Wings, fun. I could get used to this. Who has surprised you the most on the Red Wings uh, and overall in the NHL in week one? Overall, it's obvious answer. It's Buffalo. I'm not narrowing it down to a player. It's Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Like no, 3-0 and not fluking their way into it, it's legitimately hurting my brain. And on the Red Wings... I don't know. There's a lot of candidates this year because I don't think we expected Sider and Raymond to come in and, and play this well right away. I'll, I'll say Bertuzzi coming it's off Bertuzzi. the back injury. Yeah. It's 100% Bertuzzi. Yeah. That is a that is a guy who's pissed off about the time he missed. He is playing with more passion than I've seen a Red Wings, play, Red Wings player play with in a long time. Um, Join the Dark Sider says, is asking essentially the same question. Uh, biggest surprise through the first three games for Detroit and uh, across the league. So Buffalo is his answer. It's ours for across the league. Aside from Bertuzzi, the power play. We knew it would be better because it couldn't have gotten worse, but it is, dare I say, good. Uh, last I saw, I'm sure it's changed in the two days since, but uh, the Red Wings power play is 14th in the league right there between Washington and Toronto. Right. That's the company they usually keep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jake Bloom says, "Who are your preferred? What are your preferred forward lines when Verona returns? Assume no other injuries. Feel free to slot in Valeno if you believe he'll be in by February. Well, you're not breaking up that top line. Um, that second line, then I would roll Fabry, Verona, Zadina, Fabry playing center. Middle. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's almost worth it at that point. Yeah, and then I would probably because that flexes Suter to third line center, which means we can then." break Valeno in on the wing mm-hmm. and then beyond that I'd probably throw Ernie with them and then for the fourth line I'm so glad I can say this I don't care Rasm- it doesn't matter Rasmussen and whoever is in the lineup of Smith Rowney anyone else Stevens Stevens don't right. care yeah. doesn't matter Gagne um, don't care man Larkin Fabry Suter Rasmussen that is not a Stanley Cup caliber center depth that is not even playoff caliber center depth because Fabry is better off on the wing but that's like it's not sad center depth and that, <laughs> that is just same as the power play it's just so much better uh adam bybee says one of my pastimes is scanning elite prospects for good hockey names the best i can find currently playing in the whl keanu durungs of victoria jagger Furkus of moose jaw and currently leading goal scorer for the red deer rebels arch deep baines those are 
badass. My my all-time favorite plays for our hometown Kitchener Rangers. Uh, his first name is Arbor. His last name is spelled X-H-E-J-A-H. Zedja? Arbor Jackeye. That's... Yeah, there's video of him saying it. That's correct. Arbor Jackeye. That's metal. <laughs> Bryce S., who is a new patron. Bryce, thank you so much for the support and welcome to the Dub Dub Club. Uh, it says, hey guys, love the pod and I decided I had to support great content. Uh, that being said, if you can only listen to one hockey personality again and the options of neither and I wouldn't listen aren't, you can't pick those here, between Mike Milbury and Jack Edwards. Mike Milbury. I would go Mike Milbury here too. I can't handle the slant of Jack Edwards. A thousand percent because Milbury, despite his absolute lack of knowledge about how the game of hockey is played, probably has some absolutely legendary stories. I mean, he was a guy in the Boston <laughs> Rangers brawl who was beating a fan with his own shoe in the stands. Like, this guy's going to have stories. Uh, Vincent Saladino says, why does it feel like the refs just don't care about the wings? Talks about the Larkin situation. Talks about Giovanni getting cross-checked a few times uh, and then retaliating, retaliating and going to the box. Nemesnikov getting sandwiched between two players and then get, going to the box. Am I just noticing the calls against the wings more or are the refs just being dumb? No, the refs are universally bad. Uh, the Red Wings have just got this short end of the stick more than usual to start the season, but it's a league-wide problem. This is not – these are not isolated incidents. You shouldn't have – you should only have to care about the Red Wings. That's your right as a Red Wings fan, but Brad's right. Like, it's not It's not a conspiracy. It's just never attribute to malice what can be explained by incompetence. Exactly. That is, unfortunately, the biggest lesson you can learn and take away in life. Uh, give blood fight probert says young guns good refs bad i love this team that is all that was my favorite haiku ever <laughs> uh emily Escuri says how do you think the red wings should address their giveaway problem on the ice before it starts to bite them in the ass the last three games they've either doubled or tripled the rate that they give away the puck versus the number of giveaways their opponents had this is a talent issue and also i'm pretty do dumping still count as giveaways because that's always been a grainy area. Depends on. I think it depends on who scores in that arena. Yeah. And it depends on who walks away with the puck. Because the Red Wings are still a little too dump and chase. Um, they're less of that this year, but still on the heavier side of things relative to the league. I mean, when Hironik and Dekaiser are on the ice, you're not getting a clean breakout pass. That's just been the reality of the season so far. Uh, the Red Wings' bottom six, uh, though they have been competent this year, are not elite puck movers. Like, I mean, Rasmussen's entire game plan is skate up the boards and try a wraparound to this point in the season, which if the rebound doesn't go in, the other team gets it. So, yeah, I that's, that's a talent issue, so I'm not super concerned because we are very well aware of the talent level on this team <laughs> overall. Um, additionally, as the team now has a strategy that isn't just straight slap the puck down the ice – they are going to try more breakouts. They are going to try more zone entries. They're going to carry the puck a little bit more. And just by nature, I'm not saying it's not, not a problem. Emily has a good point here, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. Circling back to a point Evan made before in the season preview episode, we have not seen the full ice dump yet with the guy standing still at the far blue line. I haven't. I haven't remembered it. So yeah, yeah I don't, I, I was looking for it the first couple games and yeah, I can't remember one. There might've been one while I was going to take a piss or something, but I haven't seen it, which is super promising. 
Uh, Aaron Hudson says, Hey boys, I just want to throw some praise at Blash uh, and Mrs. Blashill for how much ice time Raymond and Cider have been getting. Uh, also, the guys have been paired with. He's really given them both the best start they could have had. Michael Berry says three things. First, how do I talk to my kids about a 3 0 Buffalo team? <laughs> Listen, sometimes kids, dreams do come true. And quite often, reality slaps you in the face eventually. <laughs> Uh, two, will Brad have any more Mike Milbury minutes? Yeah, but Evan, have you noticed that Brad's become more measured? Like he he had a little wave of, uh, I don't know, you weren't off the rails, but you're now the one qualifying your opinions. And I just don't, I don't like being the tilted one on this podcast. It's got to be egregious and new for me to go off the rails. I want to go off the rails with the rest, but this isn't new. I'm not repeating anything I haven't said. I'm just repeating stuff I've already said. So They've upped Brad's uh, prescription benefits at work, I see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, we're maybe going a bit too heavy on it this episode. That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. They'll never find your bodies. <laughs> Oh, don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> and number three, the 2019 Red Wings also started 301. Hey, and that season ended re- ended okay. <laughs> Pandemic. Babe Landiscog since we, uh, says, since we've been talking about Dance Gavin Dance, I felt it was needed to mention that their drummer, Matt, recently entered rehab for substance use issues. Good time to donate to the Jamie Daniels Foundation in relation to this news. Excellent point. Uh, also, when I saw the tweet uh, with Raymond scoring his first goal, you could hear my voice uh, cheering um, from cheering echo off the walls of the warehouse floor. No easy feat. Happy for him, the Wings, and my fantasy team. Matt Haggard says, seriously, who has to die before the refs will call these hits? Let alone the garbage in our games. How is Jamie Benn getting away with cracking his stick on players' necks? Yeah, he did it again against Ottawa. Yep. Matt S. says, apparently hitting from behind is legal now. The refs are in conference finals form. Happy to see Raymond's got his first. Many more to come, especially with that lethal shot. Good to see him okay after the Jenner hit. Uh, the Rosovic hit, I think you meant. And that both Larkin and Burt tag-teamed him. Raymond and Sider are still on pace for 82 points. And then, yes, you make a good point. I still have to catch up on Twitter DMs. I promise you it's on our mind. It's just we need to. We're planning for the event right now, and things are just getting a bit hectic. Uh, Darsh Delakia says, I remember, I think Ryan talked last year about a med or meat or rum fall recipe you guys do every fall. I was curious about it. I'd love to try it. Thank you. And I love your work. Do you have a, do you make a meat or like a rum drink? I no, not. I think what you're remembering is if you can go to your local liquor, liquor store, um, there's a place around here that sells pumpkin spice whiskey and you mix that with any spiced dark rum. And it is wild how good that drink is. I would I would dabble in that. Sorry. I did that all wrong. Pumpkin spice whiskey and dark <laughs> dark rum. That's just alcohol. Pumpkin spice whiskey and uh, apple cider. I said rum because he said rum. But pumpkin spice whiskey and apple cider. That is what my brain yeah. interpreted your I, statement as. Yeah, same. We're, we're, our brain fog is in sync. That's not good. No, it's not. I think it's because we're doing the same kind of work right now. Yeah. Longtime Lurker says, when will Brad admit he was wrong about Blashill the entire time? Also, I didn't post, <laughs> pointed out last time uh, I commented back in the summer. New patron. Thank you and welcome to the Dub Dub Club. Love the content. Keep it ripping like Raymond. Let's go Red Wings. Um, deets on meetup. Yeah, we're going to, we're hammering down where the meetup is going to be in the arena. Uh, we're hammering down, uh, we're, there's going to be an email to ticket buyers soon. So just keep an eye out on that. 
Miss Days says, can someone please put together a video of every boarding call? Uh, maybe if we make enough noise, the Department of Player Safety will do their job. Over the moon at Raymond's first goal. But now, since now it's trending that way anyways, sincerely go F yourself. Every other team in the league wings against the world. Um, Jeff Blashill Stan Club says, I've been looking at some possible rental left-handed defensemen on bad teams that might be good fits for Detroit to bolster this lineup that can definitely make a deep playoff push. Thinking either Hampus Lindholm or Calvin DeHaan to replace DeKaiser. I know you can't be all in every year, but now that we're 127th of the way into the season, I feel like these guys can find a way to win anything except maybe the Lady Bing. <laughs> That's the energy we love. Uh, he who goes to bed with... Nope. Nope, that one's funny. Uh... <laughs> Read that one. That one's weird in a hilarious way. Uh... Oh. <laughs> says, I've seen peewee hockey players that have a more accurate shot than Rasmussen. Every single time he shoots, it's at the goalie's crest. Put one over the boards. Trick us into thinking you're at least aiming for the corner. Sider looks so composed and comfortable out there. He's going to be an incredible top player in the league. Raymond's wrist shot last night was pure sniper. Sky's the limit. Uh, Rasmussen had a, a two-on-one or two-on-two play where he got the pass across and really should have fired it right away and double clutched and just kind of floated it into the chest. Yeah, Rasmussen, remember how I said there was a few players I was concerned about this season and I mentioned Hironik and DeKaiser? Rasmussen's number three. Third, fourth line is going to be, again, just because he did well last season doesn't mean he's now all of a sudden living up to draft stock. We have to throw well, that away. better last season, but I don't think he was as good as people were giving him credit for. He was better. He improved, but people were taking that as, oh, now we got a middle six guy. I'm not there. And he's, I mean, he loses... Too many board battles for someone his size, and his entire game plan is to skate as hard as he can up the boards and wrap it around. There is no absolutely zero passing vision or playmaking in his game. None. Zero. Exactly none. I was looking up left-handed defenseman. Hmm. This is a perfect one. 23 years old, fits the timeline really good. On waivers recently? Uh, it doesn't have trade protection. Miro Heiskinen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. maybe slightly more... Related to Detroit, Jacob Chikern. Why you got, why you have to open old wounds? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Ohio Ohio State number one says, given your expectations heading into the season, which one of Raymond or Cider has lived up to slash exceeded? Both lived up to Raymond exceeded. Yeah. League maximum fine of five dollars says first game first game went well upper. Upping the scoring is great. Oh, okay. Read the first letter kind of thing. Upping the scoring is great. Calder Trophy is incoming. Ketchup isn't needed when you're number one. The kids are playing well. Happy post-win day. Effort levels are great. Raymond, Snipe, Ernie looks good. Fabry 2, Cider season. And it says, Ferk the refs. Ah. Jake Nagy says, I always knew Mort Cider would be a stud. The, lo- the shocked look on my face at the 2019 draft was obviously shocked that he fell all the way to sixth. Long live German Lindstrom. <laughs> Mike Franklin says, how many first-round picks will we get for Bertuzzi? Uh, many. <laughs> one, no, one and not. another conditional one. Uh, Connor Dukes says, for months, my dad's been saying the Wings are making the playoffs. I've been trying to soften his expectations, but I'm struggling. Weirder things have happened. Who knocks us out of the playoffs? Boston, Toronto, Florida, Tampa, and Buffalo. The obvious ones. <laughs> CNOD says teams that have you hitting the panic button early in the season. Montreal and Chicago have to be up there. They've only scored three goals in four games from Montreal. You hate to see it. I, there's no panic button because I wasn't expecting them to be playoff teams. 
Um, I had them in the same tier as the Red Wings in my preseason rankings. And now I feel like I screwed that up royally. <laughs> Calgary. Calgary needs to make sure that they get their shit together. Um, that's a team that can't. They can't afford to waffle. They keep waffling. The Sutter coaching hire is, you know, interesting, but. Yeah. What, just teams that can't F this up this year? They, you're, hitting the, you're hitting the panic button on is what they said. Chicago. They just paid Seth Jones in infinity dollars and he's been terrible and the team's been terrible and they are not young uh the caminator says the phf agreed with espn plus to broadcast their whole season in the u.s big step for recognition for women's hockey yes that is excellent if you're international outside of the u.s uh you can still watch on twitch that is formerly the national women's hockey league and yeah nw yeah phf i forgot they changed their name liz b says i'm so happy i got to see this season's calder winner scores first goal in person large the prophet of the towering behemoth says greetings sweetophiles has jeff blashill reinvented himself or has jeff blashill been told to reinvent himself probably a little bit of both i don't even want to use the term reinvent it's still early and this could be a case of he just never had the personnel in the first place it's are you saying is is the success because of Jeff Blaschel or or Eisman? Through one way or another, a little bit of both. And that's a good thing. Leaf uh, Bushman says, longtime listener, first time caller. Leaf, thank you so much for supporting the show. Have you been able to watch much of Edmondson this year? I keep hearing high praise from Swedish media, and I'm wondering if this changes the outlook on re-signing someone like Letty for a recurring mentorship role as there have been talks of Edmondson coming over. Um. Yeah, Edvinson's been great. It's been really cool to see him get an increased role, especially over there. That's hard for young Swedish prospects to do. So um, watching him and watching this Red Wings team, I'm a big believer. And if he continues to trend how he is, I'm perfectly fine with bringing him over. Even if he doesn't stick the whole year like Sider is this year, um, I don't mind that at all. They would need to bring in a Letty but right side, though. For Or maybe, you know. Like Stetcher. Or maybe Mo Sider is so experienced at that point, you can just put that pairing together, which like might not even be a joke. Um, if they keep Letty around, I don't hate that at all. That guy is going to be a valuable, valuable player for this team. Depending on contract. If, if it's a short-term deal and they're willing to retain money if they move him at some point, 100% for it. Stevie Langerman says, hey, gents, um, not going to scream about the hit on Raymond, as I know Brad has covered that. But man, just absolute total bull poop. Question, do you have any hockey superstitions? Mine is I have a Gordie Howe Hattrick t-shirt I wear under my gear every game, and I always step out with my left skate when I first get on the ice. I'm typical, boring hockey superstition. The only one I have is I put my gear on in the exact same order every time, right down to the left and right of it. I just make sure I'm breathing. Um, I tucked, I tucked the left side of my jersey anytime I can get away with it, but some leagues crack down on it. I would bully you immediately. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And you tucked the wrong side, you pleb. I'm uh, I, I'm inverse because I'm left-handed. Yes, but you want it tucked on the side where your hand is down. Come on, man. Oh, oh my God, he's right. I hate that. Shut up. Misconduct Racing says I wanted you guys. Uh, wanted to say that you guys are making my free slash cheap hobby hobby of watching the Red Wings not so free or cheap anymore. <laughs> Going to the Winged Wheel podcast night, and now the wife wants a cider jersey, and I've also pledged a dollar to the Jamie Daniels Foundation for every Lucas Raymond point. Happy to make you broke, buddy. 
Yep. Um, you guys have a long way to go to catch up to drag racing, and I really believe in Raymond from the eye test. Every dollar donated will make me happy, and hopefully someone else happy too. I was wondering if there's a plan to someday get go over analytics, how to use them, and what they all mean. Yeah, it's been a while since we've done an analytics episode. We'll have another. We, we brought on uh, Micah McCurdy in the past. It's an older episode, but we highly recommend you go back and listen. Uh, we'll do another one of those soon because I know people really like them. Uh, Teach says, thankfully, the wings are taking away the pain my dolphins are giving me right now. <laughs> anyway, since faceoffs mean little, uh, can we get a line of Raymond, Mo, and Zadina in OT? Yes. Yeah, why not? Reed says, for the money on the board wagers, who checks the stats to determine the final donation? Uh, we have us, Prashant, and we have a couple people helping us out with that. On a completely unrelated note, my wife wants to know if she can make make a wager on the number of teeth lost by the team this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we have to get in touch with the team to get the info on that one. Uh, Mike Truck says, I've noticed on Jay Fresh's expected goals for versus expected goals against chart. We're firmly in the everything is happening quadrant, which seems extremely fitting and a nice change from the down bat of last year. Do you think we can stay there? Or will our expected goals regress back down below average? They'll regress. It's It's been a nice start. I'm optimistic the regression's not going to fall as far as I previously thought it would be. I think they could stay above average all year, though, provided health. Yeah. Yeah, there's a chance. Um, I think their expected goals is going to come down just because there's been some old habits creeping in uh, from time to time. But, hey, it's all positive so far. Uh, Vax waxed, uh, Vaxed and waxed for the squid games says friends don't love friends. Jay fresh. Nice juxtaposition from the previous comment with three weeks ago, uh, three weeks or so to go until the dub dub night at the LCA. I just want to say that since many out there are still carrying some extra quarantine weight, I'll gladly take one for the team and show up 30 pounds overweight. So no one has to feel self-conscious. It's the least I could do for our dub dub family. I'm totally not embarking on a three week crash diet and workout routine. So that I don't look like the Michelin man in my red wings Jersey. That's totally not it. Also, squid games that's it just squid games i will never play marbles again have you watched yet nope. evan and i are going to spoil it for you at some point we'll just start minute by minute yeah here's how far behind i am on my tv watching experience i still haven't finished brooklyn 99 oh i haven't either okay Wait, brad's still it's on like, season four of game of thrones he's like boy i sure hope this ends good that's where you end that's yeah. where you need to no, stop I, yeah I, actually highly recommended Squid Games or Game of Thrones? Because I finished Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. I remember when you watched Game of Thrones. You and Max were watching it at about the same time. God, that show. I was. Hmm. Shay Lopsinger's Hot Tub Pad says uh, Games have been an absolute blast, but I really want the security footage. <laughs> <laughs> Winged Wheels and Steering Wheels says What's your dream winter classic location? The moon. Hawaii. <laughs> Wait, are we going to it, or is it something we watch? Something you'd watch. Banff. Ann Arbor. Hawaii. Um, the Equator. The, Hawaii. The Kremlin. <laughs> <laughs> they have outdoor games out in front of the Kremlin. They've had them a couple times. Yeah. Uh, are those the games? You, I'm sorry. Did you think I was joking? <laughs> is those are the games where Putin has like 12 goals? I, what a coincidence that every game has the same amount of penalties in every Russian outdoor game. Putin has 12 goals. It doesn't make any sense. He's the most prolific goal scorer in Russian history. Did someone just kick down my front door? Uh, Detroit Bombshell says a couple episodes ago, Brad mentioned needing to change OT with an over and back rule. I thought that I would like, uh, I have a thought that I would like opinions on. For OT, they do three on three for a full five minutes, no sudden death, score as many as you can. And if it's still tied, go to a shootout. 
takes away the excitement of it. Yeah. You you that that's the sudden death of it is what makes it so exciting. I also don't think teams would love it. They don't want more guaranteed hockey. That's a lot of mileage. And you know what's going to happen. As soon as the team scores, you just get a three-man trap. Like, they are not entering the offensive zone. All right. That is this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast. We are going to be back with you Sunday post-game, which means there are going to be three games happening between now and then. Winged Wheel Podcast night at the LCA. If you haven't bought tickets, check out the link in our bio. Uh, Details coming soon for ticket buyers uh, for more on the meetup. Uh, For now, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, our name level sponsors, Arjun Shanker, Yves Bartels on behalf of the Sarah Grand Foundation, Kyle Karagitz, Nick Perks, Taylor Tagel, Matthew M. Rice, and Pizza, Arjun Shanker again, Bitchen Kitchen, <laughs> Brandon M., Carl Brutanen Analuski, Citizen High Five, CJ Sully, Clayton Van Dyken, Craig Kibble, Derek Enstam, DJ Denton, Give Blood Fight Probert, Greech, Hana Lee, Hassam Al Qasem, Jacob Turner, Jake Kiefer, Jeremiah Dobo, Justin and the Angry Mob, Kalen Wood, King Tone, Cody Stark, Kyle Hashman, Matt McKay, R.A., Ryan Hubbard, Scott Martin, Shay Lobsinger's Hot Tub Pad, Stacey Lynn, Vaxxed and Waxed for the Squid Games, Zach Spring, Andrew Bohan, Sam Bankson, Adam, I Wish I Could Finish Like Ernie, Antonio Gracias, Babe Landiscog, Colorado 14ers, Connor Leighton, Dave W., Evans Bingo Card, Jeremy Brocker, John Evans, Josh Yelton, Kevin McCracken, Quaz, Matt Keeler, Matt S., Max $1 million, Reed, Revy DeLuca, Shit Nugget, you piece of shit, <laughs> Trevor Pepevar, Zach Handyside, and Zach McCann, a driving range superstar. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you Sunday post game. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.